The sermon for the 12th Sunday after Pentecost is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. The sermon is entitled, Great Faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. O woman, great is your faith. Now, what does it mean to have great faith? What is the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you that very question? Because whatever comes to mind first, there you will find your faith. You know, it is our nature, our culture. We live in a merit-based system. Everything in life is about merits, isn't it? For the students, you know, your GPA, grade point average, right? It's all about gauging how hard you work, how smart you are. And in this world, that's the measurement to which many people value your worth. When it comes to even your faith, how quickly we quantify our faith as if it's some type of gauge, right? Whether it's cold to hot or, or whether it's rising or falling, or we look at our faith as if it's a, a, a scale. As we are, let's say, struggling with our sin, we tell ourselves, well, I just need to do good. I need to weigh the good uh, with the bad or the bad with the good. And, and there is we take these assessments as we ask ourselves, Do I have great faith? Well, is this what great faith is? Now, every world religion will tell you that. That's right. That is what great faith is. It is what you do. But as Christians, is that what our faith is is rooted in? And of course, the answer is no. Now, in the context of the gospel, as we read today... Here, prior to Jesus withdrawing to the district of Tyre and Sidon, there Jesus was facing with the Pharisees a great debate about what human greatness was all about. In Matthew 15, he was dealing with the Pharisees and their entanglement with their own self-righteousness. And in this particular debate, whether... They ought to wash their hands or not before they would eat. It was a great debate in terms of defilement, of being clean or unclean. And Jesus was there to teach them the heart of the matter. He says to them, whatever comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and that's what defiles a person. From the heart. You know, for the Pharisees, it was all about the surface. Rather than examining their true spiritual state as poor, miserable sinners, ever since the fall, they continued to justify themselves by their own self-righteousness. So justified they thought they were by their own works that they became smug in the heart with their chin held high. Right? So holy I am. Greatness from within, because I can do it. 
Lo and behold, there in our gospel text, as Jesus withdrew, there he was met by a Canaanite woman. Now, when we speak of greatness, no one ever puts Canaan or the Canaanites and greatness together. Because as we know in the Old Testament, the Canaanites were, as we know, were, were full of idolatry. were full of paganism. And in terms of righteousness, according to the Pharisees, oh no, Canaanites, no way, they are the outsiders. Now when I ask you the question, what is great faith? You know, our nature is to find that answer inwardly. And our conscience asks, what have I done for God? Do you have great faith? Have I been doing this? Have, have I been doing that? Have I loved and served my neighbor? Have I read the Bible every day? Have I come to church? Have I prayed? Have I given my offering? Have I done all this and that? And of course, all those things are good. We are called to do good works. But when we are asked the question, what is great faith? We find ourselves leaning towards legalism. You know, the nature of legalism is to put the cross away. The nature of legalism is to put the empty tomb aside because we take center stage in legalism, spotlighting ourselves, our righteousness, because, well, I can make my faith great. And friends, I know you are all saying, no, that's not true, Pastor, right? And I get it. It isn't, right? But I tell you, this whole pathway of legalism is very subtle. It's very subtle. So do you have great faith? What is the subject of the verb as you answer that very question? And honestly, humbly speaking, I think for all of us, our quick reaction would be, I. What have I done? And yet there was the Canaanite woman. She didn't go to Jesus and say, look what I've done, Lord, now help me. No, she was there that day saying, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Kyrie eleison, right? Lord, have mercy. O Lord, Son of David, addressing Jesus in this way showed who she saw on that very day. That her faith was in the identity of the Christ. For her daughter was oppressed by demons. And she very well knew that day the remedy was right there. Interesting, isn't it? Jesus didn't say, okay, let's go. Let's heal. Let's heal her child. No. The first go around, no words from Christ. No words. I suppose she could have said, you know, I guess Jesus won't help me here. I need to find 
another way. Did she do that? Of course she didn't. She continued to beg. Lord, help me. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, Jesus said. Of course, this was another moment where she could have said, you're right. I am a lost cause. You can't help me. I'm going to walk away. But she persisted. Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Her faith was in the one true God. Her faith clung to those very words. O Lord God, have mercy on me, son of David. Grace upon grace, abundant Jesus is for Jew and Gentile, for all the world this gospel would be. And great faith she had. Now a legalistic heart would see this this event, this miracle, and say, you know what, pastor, I just need to be better. I need to be more persistent. I have to try harder. You know, like this woman, I just need to do this. I need to bring forth the effort to be more persistent. And that's not the point. And I say that because the devil is murmuring, saying, no, that is the point. Do more. Try harder. Prove to God your worth, because this is great faith. See, that's the deception, my friends. And as we go down that path, oh, how this path is outpoured in so many different ways. Number one, the smug heart. We become so comfortable in ourselves. After a while, we say, yeah, that's right, I am great. Look what I've done. And there subtly we turn away from Christ. Others go down the fearful road, wondering, have I done enough? Crippled with fear, their certainty and assurance fall by the wayside, while others justify their sins. will make every excuse for what they have done as they have sinned in thought, word, and deed. The callous heart that continues to ride the false platitudes in their own false righteousness. Now, what is it for you, my friends? What do you toil with in your faith? Is it that subtle whisper of legalism? Is it that subtle whisper of trying to justify our sins or being so comfortable and secure in ourselves? Is it... Is it that fearful road, wondering if God has forgiven me? You know, as we examine ourselves according to God's law, as Jesus said earlier in Matthew 15, out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. These are what defile a person. Great faith from within. Is that possible? The scripture says no one is righteous, not even one. That even our most greatest works are like filthy rags in front of God. Friends, 
If your faith rests from within, at the end of the day, there is no hope. We cannot escape sin and death by ourselves. We cannot dig ourselves out of this eternal grave of condemnation. No, we will never be good enough or have great faith enough. See, the Canaanite woman knew this. Her resume, not so good. Her lineage, not so good. And many would assume, oh, no way. How could this person have great faith? But she does because Jesus said so. Because her faith rested upon who was in her midst. The son of David O Lord, have mercy on me. This is great faith. O Lord, help me. This is great faith. Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. This is great faith. Your faith is great. Because your faith is Christ. Your faith is in his work. Only Christ. The cross. The blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. The Lamb of God. This is where your faith clings. The cross where our Lord was faithful, standing steadfast, enduring to be your salvation. Where there by his stripes... You were healed. This is where your faith clings. The cross, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and there your sins are washed away. Your sins died for by our Lord. Your sins accounted for by the price of his sacrificial blood. This is your great faith. The empty tomb where the eternal fangs of death have been destroyed, this is where your faith clings. The empty tomb where Christ crushed death, so you have everlasting life. This is where your faith clings. The empty tomb, where you very well stand tall and victorious, that your sins are forgiven. O Lord, have mercy on me. That is your faith. Words that look to Jesus. Words that look to his work. Friends, the subject of the verb is not I. It is Christ alone. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That is your faith. And this is the word that you need to hear time in and time again. The word that does not cling to self. but The faith that clings to who was and is is and is to come. That's why we cherish baptism so greatly because your faith rests upon the promise not about what you have done but as God has gathered you by his water and word this is his work 
This is not what you do. Baptism is what God gifts you by his very grace. And that's the mystery. But in this mystery of the word, there we know, as scripture says, baptism saves you. Not your work. No, your faith rests upon what God has done for you. See, the equation of great faith, there in that equation, it's, it's not you, it's not Les, it's not Kristen, it's not Liam, it's not Katerina. No, it's all we see in that formula is Christ. And so it is today at the Supper. As you receive the body and blood of Jesus, there your faith rests upon the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. Again, you're not giving to God something at communion. God is giving you His true body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. This is where your faith rests, feeding you the medicine of immortality. So what is great faith? Your faith is the word. Your faith is the gospel. Your faith is the sacraments. Your faith is outside of yourself, all given to us by our gracious Lord, sent by his son. Your faith is Jesus, the word for you. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.